Hey, Dr. Mike here. If you want to live forever-ish, you got to know what's in and what's not. Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Forever-ish. So, Dr. Crystal, this is our in and out. I love this show. And you know what? Our listeners love it as yeah. well. When, when, this, this series, because that's what it is. It's a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Monday we talk, uh, we, we talk about things to help you live forever-ish and, and some things that can stop you from living forever-ish. So the ends is what you want to do. The out is what you don't want to do yep, or have ends, or whatever. One out. Three ends, one out. So let's get into the first end for living forever-ish. Sleep regularity. Let me just read this right here, okay? Research shows that sleep duration, too little or too much, outside that seven to nine hour range, is associated with dimensions of health, such as a higher risk of all-cause mortality. And that's what most of your sleep guidelines focus on. It's the number of hours you're yeah. sleeping per night. You yeah. need to get at least seven, seven to nine. Seven to nine. That's a consistent that's range. Right. That's a consistent range. Um, I think most people probably who have problems sleeping, at least in this country, um, just based on how we live mm-hmm. now. It's probably on the shorter side of things. Not the longer side, but I actually read this report. Um, oh gosh, Doctor Crystal was probably—I I can't remember—a couple years ago, talking about people who are sleeping over ten hours a day. They may be healthy at that moment, but maybe their body's going through something that's requiring more sleep, and that's where that thought comes in. If you're over ten hours consistently, maybe there is something brewing in there. Okay, deep. so it's yeah. not the sleep causing the problem there is an it's probably problem the problem that's causing, causing you to sleep longer yes, yes that was at least according to this one paper mm-hmm. that kind of looked okay at this. good so if you are i mean if you're sleeping past you know and and i think that's another thing we got before we get into the study because it's interesting study right um it, it, we're, we're talking about patterns consistent patterns right right if, if for a couple days you don't get as much sleep or a couple mm-hmm. days you're over 10 that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about more of a consistent pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Where do you fall in in this? That, well, that's why I said it was sort of good and bad. I'm a nine, nine and a half. I am too. I'm an early bird. I am too. And I sometimes wake up early and sometimes I can sleep until, you know, 730. And yeah. that's when I say early bird. By nine, I'm in the bed, maybe sleep early by 930. Yeah, yes. nine, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm in my PJs by 730. I'm usually in bed by 8.30. You know, I am. I don't care. Laugh. That's what I do. Um, I mean, as a matter of fact, there's a there's an event going on um, that I was invited to on on this on Saturday, and it started at 7, 7 p.m. And the first thing I thought was, oh, that's my bed, close to my bedtime. I should be in my bed. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm not going to go. <laughs> oh, goodness, Dr. Mike. Live All a right, little. Let's talk about what this um, sleep duration study showed. What, what did they find? Or what, well, what, first, what were they measuring? Well, so just... We know that sleep duration, how much sleep. This study is now about sleep regularity, yeah, which is different than duration. Sleep regularity is the day-to-day consistency of sleep-wake timing. And what research is showing, that is recent evidence. It's a stronger predictor of some health outcomes compared to, to sleep duration. And so the research, they know that duration matters, but mm-hmm. regularity 
where you matters fall, what that, what, more. That, what that pattern is. What is, and that's we just kind of, we just exactly. said that. Yeah. So what, what is your pattern? And, uh, and so the research with sleep regularity, regularity, uh, historically has been more subjective. Mm-hmm. And so now this study is bringing in objective data. The participants wore these sleep watches. Mm, okay. And, and so now we're able to kind of take a look at, you know, over a period of time, what you do on a regular basis makes a difference. Yeah, and how that, how that may, matter of fact, yeah, they were looking at, um, they were measuring risk for all cause mortality, mm-hmm. uh, mortality from cardiometabolic causes and cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was about uh, over 1,800 people, right? Yeah, 1,800, 1,859 participants. Right. So, and, and over 10 million hours of sleep was calculated into what's <laughs> called the sleep regularity index. So okay. these are the scores that they measured from the individuals wearing those watches. Right. Yeah. And then they follow them. Anytime you're looking at all cause mortality, et cetera, you have to follow for a pretty decent amount of time. Right. So mm-hmm. here, I, I think it was uh, close to eight years mm-hmm. that they followed. Again, th- that, that is limiting this study a little bit, yeah. right? You have to, you know, it, the more, I mean, hopefully maybe they're continuing the study as well, right? I don't, I don't know if they are, but right. do another eight years, mm-hmm. another eight years, that then you can really grab onto that yeah. data. Um, but what they showed, um, basically people who, who had higher sleep regularity, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's um, they're more consistent within that range, I think. Right. Is yeah. So they're they have a consistent bedtime. Wake up time. Wake up time. Amount of sleep time. Not really randomly having naps. OK. Yeah. Which, oh, <laughs> so I, what, Dr. What Krista, saying, you're a napper. Yeah. So that what I learned is if I'm going to nap. I need to nap regularly, nap at the same time because, and, and I'll be regular why. about it. Be it's regular, regular about because it. what happens, the irregularity is throwing off your circadian rhythm. Yeah. And the body likes to be on the rhythm that rhythm. controls blood Habitual, sugar. You know, ritual. We, we talk about those clock Humans. genes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. We talk about the, the, the clock genes and the body likes. There are things that happen at specific times in this 24 hour right. day night cycle from blood pressure to blood sugar to hormones, protein synthesis to hormone production. I mean, that the body is regulating that. And so when you just throw it off and take a random nap. What is that? The body, the people listening can't so, see me so, flailing around. Yeah, well, they, there's some, they can watch on YouTube right there. There's your camera. Um, well, okay, so someone like me who I do not take naps, and listen, it's not because I'm against naps. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a napper. It's okay. just hard for me to do. Yeah. Um, so I probably shouldn't nap then. My regularity is not napping. Aha! <laughs> I think if you regularly, if you <laughs> regularly throw the body off, I mean, it's just really, it's about keeping a pattern. The body likes that. Right. So if you keep a pattern, high sleep regularity, here's what we got. 20, a 20% to 48% lower risk of all cause mortality. And that's a significant difference. Mm-hmm. 
Um, 16 to 39% lower risk of cancer mortality, also significant. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, that one, what? Yeah, well, it, it depends on where you fall in that range, whether it was significant or non-significant right. or whatever, but, but pretty close. And then 22% to 57% lower risk of uh, cardiometabolic um, mortality. So yeah. um, there you go. You get, reg- get, get a regular schedule. Yes, and so the researcher said your goal Here's your goal, listeners. Maintain more similar sleep times between days to improve sleep regularity rather than devoting a greater portion of the day to sleep. Yeah. I'm very consistent. And, 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 and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm proud of myself. You are too, I think, for you, the most part. You would be in that... Uh, 20 to 48 percent yeah. lower risk of all-cause mortality Woo-hoo! you you combine that with all the add-ins that you take yes yes <laughs> you know and so um yeah I, yeah you know you know i think overall what this this study is representing to me is mm-hmm. I, you, you i think you you already said it circadian rhythms is really it, yeah. this is what this is about right and you can't ignore duration yeah. i do have to say that the researchers found duration Played a role. Plays a role in that, all that. Yeah, yeah. Even but I, more. I, to me, it's just all balanced circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's good. Let's go on to, okay, so in number one is have balanced circadian rhythms. Okay, there we go. In number two is you want more muscle mitochondria, and you can get that with a specific nutrient, nicotinamide riboside. Yes. Tell us about this one. So the purpose that the researchers wanted to determine whether long-term in our supplementation, and I'll put a pin in long term, five months. Uh, five, boost, that, that, that's so funny to be five months. That's not that like. I mean, I've been taking the NR for two years for diet. Well, when you consider most of the NR, a lot of the NR research is twelve weeks, yeah. about three months. You know, a lot of with dietary supplements, three that twelve yeah, yeah, week, three months. They're like, yeah, that, yeah. okay. That, but that's but I, I I would be great. It'd be great to follow up with some longer. Anyway, yes. all right. Anyway, it's going. But, Sorry. You know the 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 idea was to see <laughs> the long term in our supplementation uh, if it boosts mitochondrial biogenesis and metabolic health in humans. We have seen this in animal models, mm-hmm. and so yes, and this was published in the journal Science Advances, January twenty twenty three. So real quick, just kind of let's back up, make sure the audience is up to date on all this, mm-hmm. right? So um, NR is a precursor to NAD. Yes. Right? Nicotinamide adenoid ribonucleotide. Ooh, that was good, doctor. No, I kind of flubbed it. No, but I mean, at least you knew it. Sometimes I have to, okay, what is it again? I, I get NAD and NAC messed up sometimes. I do. And, and anyway, all right. Okay, so back back to what I'm trying to do here, Dr. Right. Crystal. You're, precursor You're, you're throwing NAD. me off on these tangents. <laughs> so, so NAD, at the end of the day, the easiest way to explain it is it is it is an electron transport system because mm-hmm. the movement of electrons from food to cell to energy is critical yes. and NAD is that is a is a bus to transport those electrons love it yeah so to me it's directly affecting a cell's effectiveness in in turning food into energy and it makes sense then that it has an effect on the powerhouses the yes. mitochondria basic metabolism yeah um, at at the core, and so and it's also required for the the function of over three hundred proteins, um, including sirtuins, 
You're oh, our anti-aging buddies. Yes, DNA repair. Oh, very important. But let's also make sure our listeners know NR, nicotinamide riboside, that's a form of vitamin B3, yeah, niacin. B3. Yeah, it's related to niacin. It's better than niacin because niacin takes several conversion steps to get to NAD. NR takes just a couple. Now, there is a, should we mention this now? Because there's a, co- a competitor for NR, NMD. An NMN. I'm sorry, NMN. Um, but 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 that's also a precursor to NAD. The problem with that is it can't cross the cell wall, so it turns into NR. Mm-hmm. And R is what actually crosses into the cell. That's right. And then it turns into NMN and then becomes NAD. So what? Just skip it. Just do NR. Do You're NR, saving a step of Dr. conversion. Mike. Yeah. And we know NAD levels decline with age. So, again, just to make sure, those were a lot of acronyms. NR, <laughs> nicotinamide riboside, is one of the, the most efficient precursors to NAD that's driving basic metabolism and energy in your cells. Raising those mitochondria up. Because if you're going to live forever, you got to make energy. That's, I mean, listen, you, you know, you yes. know I, I, I used to joke, but it's, it's true. I know how everybody's going to die. You stop making cell energy. Now, I don't know what the cause might be of that, but at the end of the day, you're not making energy anymore. I guess I guess you're right, Dr. Mike. Okay, if you, I have no words. Let's just move on to the study. So this was an interesting design. I don't know if I've ever seen a study design like this. You, I'm sure you have in your wise years uh, um, of reading research. 20 twins, but there were two groups. So the first group of twins, these are identical twins uh, who had varying BMI. So identical twins, one was leaner, one was heavier. And the researchers uh, investigated whether the the response to the NR, Mm -hmm. the nicotinamide riboside, differs between the leaner and the heavier twins okay so they're 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 yeah it's kind of like a what do they call this kind of it, it, there's the control is the monozygotic twins yes uh meaning they they're 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 they have they share 100 percent of the genes this is one a exactly right um and so that's your control and then what yeah. they're looking at is um you got some that are heavy some that are light what kind of effect does nad have in yes. muscle metabolism stuff like that Boom. in each one yeah so that's the first group and then the second group Still twins. Right. There's your, yeah, part of the control. Still. And so in this group, they apply the, the it's called co-twin control strategy. And these individuals had the same BMI, like the same BMI range. Um, and compared the effects of NR to placebo in right. that group. In that group. Yeah. Right. Within that group itself. Right. Yeah. So there were two groups of twins. Yeah. And they're just kind of looking at two different things with with the NR between those two. Yeah, groups. the the key thing here is that these these twins share one hundred percent of their genes. So yeah. what you've done is you've 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 leveled out that playing field, mm-hmm. right? You're you're knocking out any of those p- potential variables by yes. by having one hundred percent of the shared yeah. genes. That's why this setup wouldn't work in dizygotic twins, which are the fraternal twins who don't share one hundred percent of the genes. And I think what what it also helps is. Um, to give it more uh, power because mm-hmm. there are, there's, there's only 20 participants, yeah. but because they're all twins, then now you it's, know, more. it's <laughs> <laughs> more. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the dosing was also 
uh, interesting, 250 to 1,000 milligrams per day, five months, but they didn't start them at 1,000. They gradually, they, they started at 250 worked their way up to the full 1000 milligram dose. And and they and that working that dose up was that did they do that at the beginning of the trial or was was it gradually increased throughout so so like the last week they were at the 1000. So I you know I couldn't locate that was the question that I had like okay what was that dosing and mm-hmm. I didn't see that in particular um like the the exact schedule of yeah, how they gradually why. increase them, but it wasn't a situation where it was 250 here and then boom up yeah. to, you know, at one I, particular point, they move them up to it's, the 1,000. It's a little confusing dosing scale. I'm not sure why, why not just do a low group 250, a medium group 500, and a medium group of 1,000, like why this? Anyways, I, it's, that's what they did. Um, how much do I take? Of NR every day. You probably take 300. Is that That's what? a good average, maybe three to six. I do the life extension NAD plus. Uh, there are two different doses. There's a hundred. Oh, I don't, I there's don't know. There's a three. Right. I got to look. So I don't know which one you're taking. I have to look. Okay. All right. Hopefully but it's a 300 it looks one. like you can take more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Spend more money. More, Go more, ahead. more. Go ahead. Bump it up. <laughs> All right. So what did they find? N- NR improved. It, it improved a muscle mitochondrial number. Yeah. We call that mitochondrial biogenesis. Genesis, yeah. So more powerhouses at the end of the yes, day. Yes. Improved stem cell function. Mm, interesting. Uh, those satellite cells. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it improved that gut microbiota, DNA methylation. Um, and that the BMI did not matter. So it didn't really matter at the end right. of the day. So NAD is is doing its job at that cell level, doesn't really mm-hmm. care what your body composition is yeah. or something at the end of the day. But if the muscle cells, to me, what stands out is more mitochondria yeah. going back there. Hey, I mean, yeah, you got it. Listen, I, I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, um, CoQ10, Sheila G, and mm-hmm. all these different yeah. adaptogens, you know, boosting. I mean, I, I you got you. You got it. You got to maintain muscle strength. And part of that's going to be maintaining muscle mitochondria. That's right. That is living forever-ish. NR, nicotinamide riboside. Let's go on to number three. Strawberries. <laughs> you know what? We always have to include Stra- food. I Dr. do. Mike. I love it. We're food first. I, I, I totally agree. D- Dr. Krista, you're the you're the doctor of clinical nutrition. I love that you always bring food into our conversations. I'm kind of more of that clinical cl- clinical person who forgets that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very happy that you, you you bring that in. So why are we talking about all the time? Strawberries. Strawberries, dementia risk. Now we always we think when I think brain, I think berries, primarily blueberries, right? But yeah, br- oh for sure, brain the darker yeah, yeah, berries. Yeah, dark dark colored berries have a, a unique antioxidant polyphenol that's not in blueberries called like elagic acid. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're, we're, it's nice to see that the strawberries, it's getting some love, uh, a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial, um, 12-week supplementation with a strawberry powder, freeze-dried, hmm. Hmm. so a, a whole fruit strawberry was this, was powder. This, oh, so it wasn't standardized to the allergic uh, no. acids or anything like that? It was not, and the researchers did point that out, that that's kind of a limitation yeah. um, because we're not 
exactly sure the amount of the anthocyanins well, and those but those that's polyphenols fine. then this simply becomes a hypothesis generating study if, mm -hmm. if if this is if this has good results we then need to figure out those percents more those key compounds right. and start standardizing it in a capsule not a powder right or but a, the equivalent a was about thing. to about a cup of okay. strawberries uh and 30 overweight patients with uh complaints of mild cognitive decline and they were also pre-diabetic middle age uh, 50 to 65 years old um i did have a space for the in exclusion information what? but what i is? didn't add it in oh so it must not have been important <laughs> but, uh, the, the uh <laughs> i guess it wasn't important <laughs> But uh, they did exclude individuals with uh, cardiometabolic disease. And so the whole fruit strawberry powder, long-term memory was assessed, mood, intensity of depressive symptoms, and metabolic data. Okay. Yeah. I guess they excluded the cardiometabolic, maybe because it's relating to cerebral vascular issues too or something. Is that maybe yeah. what it, So they're trying to get rid of those vascular people. Right. Focus on people who have no history of that, but having my, okay, yeah. I get it. That's, that's probably what they did. Um, they did tell the participants to abstain from fruit juices and Okay. Fruit extracts. And okay. Berries because they didn't want any competing things, way. right? That's yes, good. That's yes. good study methodology. Uh, and so, with the strawberry group, reduced memory interference. Uh, and they, there were a, a number of, of tests um, to test your long term memory, short term memory, uh, wordless tests, tests where they gave you words that had the similar meanings mm -hmm. and so there are a variety okay. of and they, so they scored better over overall scored right? better reductions in depressive symptoms that's interesting no effect on metabolic measures like the insulin because remember they these were, were pre-diabetic pre -diabetic, yeah. but remember we mentioned this this was not a standardized yeah you're, you're you're asking uh, and people who are pre-diabetic that that usually is a sign of significant insulin resistance mm -hmm. already right um and you're asking a lot for strawberries to i mean some of our key the drugs can barely help i mean right i mean <laughs> so it's you know let's don't let's don't beat up on the strawberry for that one right but that's the researcher said that was a limitation and maybe if it was an extract we may they may have noticed more improvements with some of the the metabolic yeah, that, measurements, and then and then the the reduction in depressive symptoms is that simply because they're happier now because their memor their their memories coming inflammation. back is that it's or it's, you think you think it is more of a there's more of a physiological thing going yes. on okay all mm -hmm. right I was thinking they're just feeling better no I think there's we know the connection between uh, inflammation chronic inflammation and mental health concerns there you go that's in number three. Eat, eat some strawberries, right? One cup a day. I love when strawberries are in season. I know. Man, that's oh, so good. And you know, there's the patch here in South Florida. Yeah, yeah you've yeah, told me about that I'm before. Hanging. You pick your own, right, yeah. or something? Yeah, that sounds like something you would do with kids. I'm just going to go to the store. Okay. All right, let's go into the thing that you don't want, right? Those are the three ends for living forever. And there, this is the out. This is the thing you want to avoid, et cetera, et cetera. It ain't going to help you live foreverish. And in this case, I, I kind of you kind of surprised me with this one. Bad, <laughs> bad hospital ratings. Look, if you want to live forever ish, <laughs> don't you go to, need a bad to listen. It it. <laughs> so this is a report 
just to clarify, conducted by the Leapfrog Group Safety uh, Safety Grade. And it just I'm just going to say this and then we can have our commentary. But they they said people spend more time researching what they're going to eat. They're researching what movie they're going to watch, what cell phone they're by. And don't research don't the hospitals. Yeah. The, the, I, I think, well, the best you, hospital to go to. Do you? Well, okay. So maybe that's simply because is we just trust the system so much. I think so, for sure. Like we, we know we like our primary care doctor. Most of the time, you're not in the hospital, and so when you go, you, you usually go to the hospital your primary care person's associated with, right? So we there's do. maybe just some trust, so you don't there think is, about there it. There's trust, and then most people go. When there's a crisis, yeah. obviously, and then you don't have time to try to think. Come on. But some ambulance will ask you. I where mean, you want to go? I've had them to ask where. Where do you yeah. want to go? As long as it's not life threatening. If it's life threatening, they're going to take you to the closest place. But right. Yeah, um, so what? The, I guess what this group does, they look at. There's two parts to this kind of how they grade hospitals, right? Mm-hmm. They look at process and structural um, aspects, and then they look at outcome. Now, outcome is straightforward. That's you put someone on treatment. How do they do? Yeah, or the outcome if you're receiving care, did how often is the hospital leaving objects in the body after surgery? You hear these stories, Doctor Mike. Does happen. And, you know, I'm not I, trying I'm, to scare I, it, anyone. It happens. But we are humans. It we, happens. And the, your doctor is a human being. The nurses. It happens. They are human beings. Yeah, it does. It, stuff like the that happens. Happen. Yeah. Processing um, is is more about. Um, like how how the how the physicians and nurses work through a diagnosis and 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 offer a treatment. Structural measurements um, seem to be like, do you have a great computer system for entering stuff? You're not right. relying on a doctor writing something with their bad handwriting like mine or making mistakes and transposing information. Right. You know, preventing those medical errors. So all of that goes into. Uh, helping the hospital to keep the patient safe. Yeah, if you go to hospitalssafetygrade.org, right? Mm-hmm. Hospital, wait, I said that wrong. Hospitalsafetygrade.org. Type in your zip code. Type in your zip code and boom, you can get the grades of uh, all, all the local hospitals. Yep, That's in your simple. area. Yeah, so how to keep yourself safe. This is what we gonna, we're going to end with, right? So- you read the you read the first one. So medication safety. If you're going to the hospital, take your medications. Discuss your allergies. Don't go by yourself. Find someone, uh, and then ask about side effects before taking something. That's preventing yeah. falls too. Yeah. Because what if you you take something, you experience a side effect? You want to kind of be prepared. Yeah, yeah. But don't 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 get obsessed with the side effects. People, because people start reading all the side effects, and then and all of a sudden now they're having every single side effect. Placebo effect. Yeah. So, be, yeah, the placebo effect works on the opposite side of it. It does. You you read some oh this drug causes oh a significant dizziness. Next thing you know you're <laughs> right. I mean it, it does happen. So be careful with that. Um, I, but I would add to medication safety is not only bring your meds, bring your supplements. Yes. Yeah, especially vitamin D. If you're in the hospital, it has been shown. Vitamin D gets you out of the hot. I can't bang the desk. Please don't. <laughs> Vitamin D gets you out of the hospital faster. 
Ooh. Yes. So vitamin D, take your vitamins with you. Talk to your doctor about them. Oh, also, so you're saying taking them so that you can take them. I thought you were saying take them so that the doctors will know what you're taking. No. And they won't you, give you a medicine that interferes. Yes, you're to that too. But I'm talking about take your supplements. Take them. Okay. I mean, get some CoQ10 in there for energy. Get vitamin D. Maybe a pro. I mean, talk to your doctor. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not. Doctor. I'm not saying don't trick your doc. I mean, or trick your doctor, but bring all that stuff mm-hmm. and see what you can take. I like that. Without a doubt. Um, uh, I'll do the second one. Fall prevention. So um, that's actually a big issue for hospitals. Falls. Um, patients really trying to get up a little too soon. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, although, although I, I will this. tell you, if you're in the hospital, I don't care what you're in the hospital for, you do got to move. If you can get up, get up with the help of a nurse, mm-hmm. your family, mm-hmm. walk down the halls. If you can't move, make sure they're bringing physical therapy in. You got to keep moving. It is critical to recovery. It doesn't matter yeah. what you're going through. But fall prevention, use your call button, ask for help. Oh, keep those non-slip socks on. Um, you know, don't forget to lower the bed and rail. Yeah, but it's Trip the bed tie, and then you, yeah. and then you're trying <laughs> the to get off. Yeah, you thought, <laughs> you thought it would. It does happen. Um, and and if you are having dizzy issues, um, which does happen, and it's it's an interesting thing. People inpatients, um, often do complain of dizziness. Um, I think a lot of it's related to they're not hydrated enough mm. in hospitals. But that's just my okay two cents there. Um, talk to your doctor. And go check out hospitalsafetygrade.org. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> There's your three ins and an out for living forever-ish. Um, don't forget our sponsor, Life Extension. Um, you know, we have we have a great audience, Dr. Crystal. Mm-hmm. We're growing um, in uh, leaps and bounds, and it's fantastic. And we want to thank the audience. And so Life Extension is offering anyone who's listening, you go to lifeextension.com. Figure out the products you want, go to your cart, and put in the discount code podcast, and you're going to get 10% off anything, uh, $50 or more, plus free shipping and handling. Yeah. Podcast. And then liveforeverish.com, we now have way over 400 episodes for you to download, like, share, comment, and subscribe so you never miss a show. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. I'm Dr. Crystal. Thanks for listening.